Hello, my name is Ferran Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. And I'm speaking to you on a windswept, soft Irish summer's day. It's summertime, months of July and August, and we are permitted to go back to church. But not all of our churches will be open due to the COVID restrictions and social distancing. And not all of you will want to return to church because of a nervousness, or because of underlying health issues, or because you've got different responsibilities. And so we're going to produce services online for you. In July, the services will be uh, the same uh, as what we've been doing during lockdown. They'll be coming from various churches with uh, a number of our clergy and lay people reading the, leading them. Uh, and in August, we're going to use some of the streamed services that had been made during lockdown so that you can see what was going on even though the churches were closed. Whatever the circumstances, you're very welcome to use these services and I do pray that you will enjoy the services and be blessed by them. God bless. It's my pleasure to welcome you to this Church of St. Bede in Arkhan uh, for our diocesan worship. You may be interested to note that it's just off the N4 uh, road and you will probably see it as you come along if you've not seen it many times before. At night it's lit up very effectively and reminds us of God's continuing presence in the world and in our lives. So now we begin our service and we give you a very warm welcome. We invite you this morning to come and worship, proclaim God's ways of faithfulness and steadfast love. We will tell of God's love which unfolds in our lives. Come and worship, for we are God's people, rejoicing in his graciousness. God is always with us. There is nothing which can keep us apart. Come to the one who tells stories. Worship our God who keeps promises. We rejoice with God who is with us always. And now we sing our first hymn, which is hymn 96 in the church hymnal, Jesus is Lord.
come to this part of the service where we uh, confess our sins together. It is not our past which keeps us from God that is behind us. It is not our present, for God is with us on this day. And our future is held tight in God's hands. It is true that there is absolutely nothing which can separate us from God. Whatever sins we have committed, God's forgiveness and love take them away forever. Please join me as we now confess our sins together, saying, Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we come to proclaiming and receiving God's word. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Now we're going over to Longford where the Reverend Christian is going to read the psalm for us, and then Maud Cunningham will read our uh, gospel for this morning. Our reading this morning comes from Longford, in Longford Methodist Church, where I, Christian Snell, the minister of the Edward Stein Group of Parishes, um, is also serving in this um, denomination, the Methodist Church. The reading, from the psalm today is from Psalm 105. O oh, give thanks to the Lord and call up on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises, and tell of all his marvelous works. Rejoice in the praise of his holy name. Let the hearts of them rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember the marvels he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant, O children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has always been mindful of his covenant, the promise that he has made for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath that he swore to Isaac, which he established as a statute for Jacob, an everlasting covenant for Israel, saying, To you will I give the land of Canaan to be the portion of your inheritance, 
that they might keep his statutes and faithfully observe his laws. Hallelujah. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The reading is from Matthew 13, verses 31 to 52. Jesus preaches using parables. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, that a man took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasures in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up onto the shore. When they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of a storeroom new treasures as well as old. Here ends the reading. We now come to our next hymn. It's number 384 in the church hymnal. Lord, thy word abideth, and our footsteps guideth. Who its truth believeth, light and joy receiveth. O oh, that we discerning its most holy learning, Lord, may love and fear thee evermore be near thee. And when the hymn is finished, Bishop Ferrin will address us. Thank you. 
Let's pray, shall we? Lord, may your word go deep into the soil of our lives and produce fruit that will last. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. My daughter and her husband are returning to Ireland. He's got a job and they've got a new home. It's a gate lodge in the middle of Westmeath. And Jean and I went down to see the house. We walked around the perimeter of the house. We looked in its tiny, tiny windows, but we really didn't get a handle on the house until someone came with a key. And when we opened the door, everything, was as it should be and we could see that it was going to make a lovely home in the way in which would, it was arranged. In 2020 we've been working our way through Matthew's Gospel and Matthew's Gospel is a particular Gospel. It's the first of the Gospels of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and it was written for a particular people. It was written for Jewish Christians. Those first generation of Christians, like Matthew and Jesus, were Jews. And so Matthew has a particular slant. One of the things that he's very keen on to impress upon his readers is the continuity between what has been and what is now in Jesus. That is, Jesus is the climax, the fulfillment of the Jewish Bible, our Old Testament. And Jesus is not only the, the climax, but he is a new departure, as it were, uh, for the people of God. The old and the new come together in Jesus. And Jesus makes this possible by his teaching. For Matthew, Jesus is the ultimate teacher. And so Matthew arranges the house of his gospel, as it were, with four pillars four blocks of the teaching of Jesus. And in this morning's reading, we're in chapter 13, towards the end of chapter 13, which is the middle block of one of these pillars of Jesus' teaching. The theme of chapter 13 is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven. The other gospel writers call it the kingdom of God. Is there a difference? No. Both are the same thing, but Matthew is very sensitive to his hearers. They're Jews, and Jews are particular about the name of God. I wish that Irish people were more particular about the name of God. They don't name the name of God, Jewish people. And so Matthew softens the kingdom of God to the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? How does it come? On earth. Well, we pray for that, don't we? In the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The scriptures teach us that the world belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's and all that's in it. And he has delegated responsibility to us, to humanity, to look after his world. And when you look out in the world, you can see what a mess we've made of that. And so God is intervening in the world in sending Jesus to inaugurate, to begin, as it were, the take back. God taking back control on earth. The kingdom of God coming in Jesus. And in Matthew 13, Jesus gives some indications of how this is going to happen. They're like windows into the house, into the gospel of Matthew. So how does the kingdom of heaven come? on earth. 
How is it actualized? First of all, the kingdom of heaven comes when people respond to Jesus' words. The parable of the sower teaches us that, that the seed, the word of God, falls into the soil of people's lives and in good soil it produces much fruit. There's a bumper harvest. So that people live by the values of the kingdom. Their attitudes and their actions reflect the values of the kingdom of heaven. That's how it comes. Secondly, the kingdom of heaven begins very, very small and then grows, takes time. Parables of the mustard seed, a tiny seed which eventually becomes a very large shrub. Or the yeast in the bread. The kingdom of heaven comes not only gradually, but it penetrates a society as people own the values of the kingdom, like yeast in a loaf. The bread would be very different if the yeast was not there. The kingdom comes in a small way, with small beginnings, but with patience you'll see its effect. Thirdly, the kingdom of heaven is the most valuable thing on earth. The two parables of the buried treasure and of the pearl of great price illustrate this, don't they? A man comes across treasure buried in a field. What does he do? He sells everything that he has and he buys the field in order that the treasure is his. And then the merchant, a jeweller, is on the look for a magnificent pearl and he comes across this specimen and he sells all his stock to get the one pearl of great price. The kingdom of heaven is beyond cost. It is the most valuable thing. Fourthly, the kingdom of heaven is opposed. The earth is the Lord's. But Satan, the great enemy of God, doesn't want God to take back control of the earth. And he and his foot soldiers oppose the kingdom of heaven. In the parable of the sower, it is the devil who mugs people, as it were, and doesn't allow the seed of the word to penetrate their lives. They become hard and callous and don't respond. And then in the story of the wheat and the weeds, Satan sows discord. On earth. And so Satan, the devil, and those who are in his thrall, they're a menace on earth. They manipulate things, events, people. They sow misinformation. Satan, after all, is the father of all lies. And they mistreat and abuse people. Satan is opposed to the kingdom of of heaven. And the last thing that we notice in these parables is that in the end the kingdom of heaven will win out. The parable of the wheat and the weeds and this last of the seven parables in Matthew 13, the parable of the net or the dragnet where the fish are caught and then they are sorted at the end of a day's work. It's a picture that as God's kingdom comes on earth and making a difference, there is a final point at the end when Christ will return and establish his kingdom here on earth, visibly on earth.
Satan will be destroyed. And there will be a judgment of all people, of all time, including ourselves, as to where our allegiance lies, our response to Jesus, the King, who will rule forever and ever. This may sound fantastical, but this is what Jesus said. And this is what Matthew records in his gospel. So how does the kingdom touch your life? How does it touch my life? Do we belong to the kingdom? Have we made a response to Jesus? And who he is, the great teacher, the great master, the Lord, the saviour, and what he has done through his death on the cross for us. Have we responded to him? Is he first in our life? Do we allow him access to our life and to control the direction of our life? Over the world, throughout the world today, people are bending the knee. But have we bowed the knee to the Lord Jesus, the King of Kings? Secondly, are we aware that we are citizens, as individual Christians, citizens of the kingdom of heaven? And at the church as an agency for the kingdom of heaven, in order to make a difference on earth. Wherever the Lord has called us, on that farm, in that school, raising those children, in the office, in our shops, or whatever, are we making a difference in the world, living out these kingdom values? Values which have truth at their core and love propelling them into shape. Are we aware that we are citizens of the kingdom and our allegiance, our ultimate allegiance is to Jesus? When we look at the world, do we see what's really happening in our world? There's a battle going on. The Bible teaches us that. There is a great war going on between God and, and Satan between the force of good and truth and light and the force of darkness and despair and ultimately great, great discouragement. When we see the events, the terrible things that are going on in the world, when we see the way in which people trash our world and its natural resources and its beauty and the ugliness that pervades in our world, as people tear one another apart in relationships and families, in societies. This is all part of the great battle. We need to see that as Christians and we need to ensure that we are on the right side, that we are on God's side, Christ is our King and that we live, as it were, of soldiers as Christ in this world. And are we anticipating that one day Christ will come? Are we living in the light of that? Are we longing for things to be put right? People can live with dignity and respect and, and where people are valued. Jesus is the personification of that. And he will come and he will judge the world according to his gentle and just rule. He's going to be the judge.
Are we ready to meet him? Having told these seven stories of Matthew 13, Jesus turns to those who were his followers, his disciples, those who were close to him, those who followed him, and he asks them this very pertinent question. He says, have you got a handle on what I'm saying? And they reply, yes. I wonder, in this Sunday, in July, in 2020, do we actually have a handle on what Jesus is saying and what he asks of each one of us? I trust and pray that, like those first followers of Jesus, we will be able to say, yes. And like them, in our own way, in our own place, to make a small contribution to the coming of the kingdom of heaven, to live as free men, as free women, liberated by Christ from the tyranny of sin. Your kingdom come, O Lord. Your rule, O Christ, begin. May it be so for his name's sake. Amen. Now we come to our hymn, which is 509 in the church hymn. Your kingdom come, O God, your rule, O Christ, begin. our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, 
the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers. And grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. And let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people. And bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord. And let your glory be over all the earth. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And renew us by your Holy Spirit. The collect for the day. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we come to our prayers of intercession, which will be led by Canon Mark Lidwell. Let us pray. A prayer of thanksgiving to God for all his goodness to us, and especially for those personal things in our own lives for which we would like to give thanks. Almighty God, our Creator and Redeemer, we praise you for all your wonderful works, for the beauty and bounty of the world around us, for everything you have given us so richly to enjoy. We bless you for our own creation as men and women in your image, with minds to know you, hearts to love you, and wills to obey you. Accept, O God, this our praise and thanksgiving, and to your name be the honour and glory. Amen. A prayer that we may learn from the parable of the sower, and that we may not only hear, but understand the word of God, and that it may bear much fruit in our lives. Lord of the harvest, you sow good seed in the hearts of all your people. Grant that today our hearts may not be so hardened by the world's ways that the seed can take no root, nor so shallow that the root can find no depth, nor so cluttered by the cares and riches of the world that the growing shoots are choked, but that they may be good ground, bearing good fruit to the glory of your name. Amen. And a prayer for the needs of the world. 
We remember those countries that are being ravaged by war, thinking especially of Yemen and Syria. And those that are suffering from natural disasters. And we think of those countries in the Horn of Africa that have been devastated by swarms of locusts. We think too of countries combating COVID-19 and especially those countries in South America and Southern Africa that have neither the money nor the resources to protect their people. Lord, you have taught us that the world is yours and all who dwell on it. Hear us therefore as we pray for the life of the world, that every nation may seek the way that leads to peace and reconciliation, that human rights and freedom may everywhere be respected and upheld, and that the earth's resources may be treasured and ungrudgingly shared among all people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And finally, we bring before God our own needs and the needs of those whom we know and love. We remember especially those who are ill, at home, in hospital or in nursing homes, thinking especially of those frontline staff who have made such sacrifices on our behalf. We pray for all who are anxious, lonely or depressed for people struggling with addiction and for all who have been bereaved. To your keeping, O Lord, we commend all whose enjoyment of life has been taken away by sickness, by tragedy or by human sin. May your love sustain them in their suffering and may your people care for them. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we join together in the prayer that our Saviour Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, evermore. Amen. We now come to our hymn. It's number 45 in thanks and praise. Great is the darkness that covers the earth, oppression, injustice and pain. Darkness will vanish, all sorrow will end, and rulers will bow at your throne. Our great commission complete, then face to face we shall meet. Oppression, injustice, and pain 
to say together the closing diocesan 2020 prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to catch your vision for these dioceses and for our parish, but to catch your vision we first need to listen to you. Too often we leave you out. Forgive us. Help us to catch a sense of where your spirit is leading. Give us courage to love and serve you. Give us boldness to proclaim Christ faithfully and to build your kingdom. Lord, come to us. Our door is open. Amen. And now Bishop Ferron will give us his blessing. Uh, we seek God's blessing upon our lives as we go into the future, an uncertain future, with him, certain of his presence, and his love. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the love of God and in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the blessing, God Almighty, 
Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all, evermore. Amen. Go forth to proclaim God's constant love. We will live out that love for everyone we meet. Go forth to unfold God's word to the world. We will gather up the tears of those around us as we offer the healing grace of Jesus. Go forth to tell stories of hope and peace. We will spread the spirit of life all around us. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.